0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: everybody welcome back to another episode of the journey within podcast i have got joel strickland back here with me again today and we are fastly approaching um fall waterfall season So it's hard to believe I'm saying that here, but we're sitting in August and it is coming upon us fast. So I wanted to bring Joel back on the podcast so we could talk about everything that's going on at the Lost Bridge Duck Club as far as habitat and lodges and everything like that. Just kind of give a preseason update. How are you doing today, Joel?
2: I am doing great. Uh, Lots of good things going on here in Arkansas, right here at the Lost Bridge Duck Club.
1: And I had... uh, I chatted with Joel before we hopped online or on air here and I was just asking what the temps were so fill everybody in on what the temps have been down in down in Arkansas
2: yeah so it's uh it's been like 100 degrees high 90s for several weeks uh next week actually I think probably Thursday or Friday we're gonna be like 103 but today it's 83 I think the high is gonna wind up being close to 90 so we're we're excited about it not being too hot, at least maybe today and tomorrow.
1: Yikes! And with that, I've got to just imagine with all the water that's there, the humidity is probably out of control.
2: Yeah, you, you know what? The the we have had more rain this year than I can remember in a long time. It's rained almost every week of the year, and so you know, you, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of moisture. There's still a lot of water on some of our our places that you know that we've got habitat growing which is not a bad thing but it it does it makes it more even more humid with uh, the amount of water that's just standing everywhere
1: no like every every other place more rain is better right i assume that's the same mm-hmm. down in arkansas for waterfall too right the more rain the better yeah
2: yeah you know it it there there's obviously there's a point of too much and you know in this past spring we got just crazy amounts of rain and so the the place was an ocean. I mean, the the open ground side of our property is about 1,100 acres. And when you pulled onto the property off of the highway, you, you you could drive like 60 yards and then there's water. And then the entire place looked like an ocean. So, you know, there is a point where you can have too much water. But, you know, once the water finally receded after the spring rains, you know, having that once a week or so rain you know, it's really been fantastic as far as the habitat goes. But as far as what we're trying to do, as far as, you know, fixing infrastructure, you know, repairing some roads and levees and, and getting ready to build a lodge, you know, want it to be dry. Yeah.
1: That's that's uh, one, one thing I learned early on when we were looking at, at doing the lodge of, so I, I'm from Michigan, right? We don't have to worry about quite the, the, water level that you guys do down in arkansas is that you actually plan in a dry time for when you do the excavating and moving the dirt so then you can let the water dry out of the soil so that was uh, something i've never had to do here in michigan and we're right next to the yeah. big lake
2: yeah and you know the when we talk about the elevation right here on the property in the surrounding areas you know it's like I talk about the, the low part of the property and the high part of the property, but you're, you're talking about a couple of feet difference. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a mountain or a ridge or anything like that. It's pretty flat and it's pretty low.
1: I still, I still remember when we were there last year hunting and, um, one of the guys refer, he pointed over and said, that's the mountain. And it was literally <laughs> probably one of the smallest hills I've ever seen that had about a three foot incline on it. But you could definitely <laughs> yeah. tell that that was the highest point on the property.
2: Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're building the the lodge and everything we've, we've cleared out a bunch of trees and we're, we're having to, you know, build it up so that we can, you know, be out of, not only just out of the floodplain, but really be out of like way past what the hundred year flood says it would be. And so we're, we're, you know, going up like four or five feet of elevation just where we're, where we're you know, Building the lodge so we can protect ourselves from in the event there is So because it does flood quite a bit, you know, in this area. If you know, if not yearly, at least every couple of years, it floods pretty good.
1: Yeah, definitely want to get up high enough with that lodge. So before we yeah. get into the the property and, and habitat improvements and lodge and everything like that, how's everything shaping up just for waterfall season in general? Not just in not just in Arkansas, but um, what are you hearing from around everybody that you you kind of deal with?
2: You know, it's it's. I'm um, from what I'm hearing. You know, from the north, the I haven't I haven't heard like the the summer um, counts and everything. I, I heard the early stuff in May was like really really good. Um, we, we're we're expecting a, definitely an improvement on the waterfowl numbers for our fall flights. So you know, we'll see how successful the nests were and the how many of the young birds made it past being, you know, didn't being eaten or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, it, it's 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 very positive from that regards. I know that a lot of the country, you know, in Canada as well, it has been dry over the last several years. I know that we're a lot of it's rebounding. There are st- certainly some areas of concern of dry dry areas still, but I believe that you know a lot a lot better conditions for the the migrating waterfowl for them to find all the way down the flyway. Certainly here in Arkansas, it's been been fantastic i mean there's gonna be a lot of good habitat both natural and from the farming you know uh, areas as well It's, it's going to be good for the wintering grounds area for sure
1: so in arkansas in arkansas when do the when do the farmers plant their crops what what time of year when when's the ideal month that they get them in the ground
2: yeah it depends on what they're farming but you know generally it starts you know in april and may you know the the rice is is going in then and and that's, you know, of course, our big crop is rice. We do a lot of soybeans. We do quite a bit of corn uh, as far as, you know, the grain type type farming. And that that all happens mostly in, let's say, May. I mean, some of it gets in the ground in June, but usually it's done by May. A lot of the flooded areas, particularly like around where we are on the White River, when when the, there's flood water, they'll plant the soybeans late. I mean, a lot of times they'll be planting them in even June and July. And still do pretty well uh, with with those crops, but it's mainly mainly in a an April May uh, situation for those types of crops, and then they're harvesting them, you know, from the end of August until mid to latter part of October, depending upon you know when they actually got them planted.
1: Okay, okay. So once on the rice, I'm like I've farmed almost my whole life, but never rice mm-hmm. obviously. So with rice, yeah. once they get it in the ground, do they flood it right away?
2: Yeah, so what what typically happens is and we've actually planted some rice on our property, not a lot but about less than 10 acres but, but what what happens when you when you plant the rice uh, you get you get it coming up good and once it's up, I don't remember how many inches you know five or six inches, you they can it can withstand a little bit of a flood and as it grows, you continue flooding it. And keeping water on it and a lot of people are under the impression that it, it's it's a necessity that they have to have water to grow and that's not the case really what you're doing is it's definitely enhancing you know the ability for the plant to grow because it is in water they do thrive in water they're a tropical plant but what you're doing is you're you're creating less competition because there's not a lot of other things that will grow uh. in in the rice in the rice water and so You know, if you if you get water on soon enough, once the rice is 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 thriving, then there's no competition for it. And that's really the the biggest reason to do it.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense.
0: miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment
1: okay so let's transition onto to the property now let's go over it will take us take us over the habitat improvements that you've got done so far and what will be done before before season is upon us here
2: so after a late spring rain um rainy season we had really fully inundated on the entire property up until May, the water started dropping out. And so I wasn't able to start dropping water out of some of the, uh, of some of the uh, moist soil units until, you know, May and even June. Uh, and I was really concerned about, you know, several of them in particular, because it was so late before we get the water off. But actually one of the best units that that I've got right now is just, it looks fantastic. I mean, just, dropping the water off very slowly after that time uh it's just it's spurred on all kinds of great uh growth of the good stuff and not so much of the bad stuff and when i say the bad stuff we're talking about cuckleberry and coffee bean and and things like that that really don't provide a lot of value to the you know to the ducks and and you know whatever else is living in the area um and and, and utilizing the property it's just you know those kinds of things tend to grow when the water comes off really, really fast. And then if you if you stagger the water draining slowly, evaporating off slowly, that sort of thing, then you get the the natural good habitat, which is the different types of grasses, the the moist soil grasses like barnyard grass and uh, panic grass, and we got a lot of nut sedge and tooth cup and that sort of thing is all growing over the entire property. It, you know, really, all, most of the property is doing pretty well. And so really what what our goals are um, in the springtime is we are letting water off of certain areas and then watching and seeing what, what happens on the property. And then we start trying to make adjustments on how we can help help nature along. And, and that sounds so crazy, you know, but really what we're doing as managers of this type of habitat is we are trying to keep a perpetual moist soil environment because what really happen is supposed to happen is a moist soil type of property is supposed to be that way for maybe two or three years. And then it goes through met- different metamorphoses, you know, over, you know, dozens of years and it turns into, you know, different things. So you'll have, you know, woody plants and, 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 uh, bushes and things like that. And then eventually it becomes forests. And, and so what we're doing is we are controlling it as best we can to keep it always in a moist soil habitat environment. So it's a, a seasonal wetland is what it is. Okay. And so, um, so what we, what we do is we control the things we can by, by doing the water stuff. And then when we see like, Oh, this area has got way too much bad stuff growing in it. Like, a lot of cuckold which we've got several places where there'll be six, eight, 10 acres of nonstop stop burr. So we got to either go in there and reflood it and then that'll kill it. Or if we've got a lot of other habitat growing around it, that we would be afraid of killing, then we don't do that. So we can go in and disc it, or we can go in with like two, four D or some other type of, you know, poison or whatever, and then we can spray that. And so that's, uh, that's kind of the, the, the regiment that we have with controlling the bad stuff and so what we've done really throughout this year so far is we've identified the spots where we've had some problems we've gone in and disk some of it and then we've controlled some water we've added some water and then of course we've had so much rain we've collected some water that um and, and purposefully and purposely held it so, so what we basically, again, what we've been doing is just, you know, identifying the problem spots. We've had a little bit. Um, we actually went in and planted um, a little bit of rice in some spots that were outside of the moist soil units, but were uh, just flats, really mud flats that uh, there was a there's a big expanse of mud flats. Um, kind of in the bottom area of the open ground side of our property, it's probably about six to eight acres that we decided, you know what, this is the perfect spot that we could broadcast some rice into. And we know that the water kind of fluctuates throughout the summer as we get a rain or two. And so you you could have asked for a better situation because you're kind of farming rice, not fully legit like a rice farmer does, but you know you you, we broadcast it in there it started coming up and then you get a rain and it floods it for a few days and it dries up or runs off and then and then you know it's about the time it completely dries out it rains again and then floods it out so it's like it's pretty cool uh we've got some really nice stand of rice in a couple of areas right where we're going to be hunting we've got a couple of blind locations right there so so that's looking really good and and then beyond that the kind of the plan for a lot of uh managers of moist soil habitat is and this again it's exactly what we're doing, is we look at what happens throughout the summer and then when we see an area where this this particular part of a property didn't work out so good, we go back in and we have time to disc it and then plant something. And so we have between you know now and September first here in Arkansas is when we when we have that schedule to do that. And so This week, I'm going to be going through and identifying some spots that, okay this isn't really doing what we wanted it to do. We're going to come in here and disc it up next week or the week after that and get it ready, get the seed bed ready and then plant it before the end of the month is the ideal thing to do. And so we've got um, some brown top millet and a lot of golden millet. That's going to be the main one we do is the golden millet. The brown top millet we do in an area where we're not sure how much water we're going to have. And then the areas that we can control the water, we've got some places that we can pump and irrigate. Then we plant the golden millet. And so we've got you know quite a few places that we're going to do with that. And so very excited about getting that underway here in, in, in a couple of weeks. But there's another area that we have that is a, a farm field that has not been in production for about three or four years. And we it's a 50-acre it's a field. And we decided that, we were going to plant the whole thing in millet, and and we just you know intentionally just you know we're going to do this in, in August. Well, we've had so much rain that the whatever was just growing, it was a fallow field, so whatever was just growing just kind of thrived. And about two or three weeks ago, when I was out there, I noticed about half of it is in smartweed, which that's like the that's the grand prize, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for for more soil habitat. And and so it's not super lush, and it's not the greatest stand of smartweed you've ever seen, but it looks really really good. And so what we've decided is we're going to go into that 50 acre field, and we're going to disc part of it, and we're going to disc strip through the middle of where some of the uh, smartweed doesn't look so great, and we're going to plant that in the golden millet, but then leave the rest of it in smartweed, and then next year we'll have us we'll be ahead of the game because then if you if you can really take care of your smart weed in year one and year two you do the right things it comes back like with the vengeance which it's really a weed to farmers but for us it's just it's gold. It's just really, really good. And so I'm super excited about that spot. So you know really from from a from a habitat standpoint, at least on on the food, you know, for the ducks, it just it's tremendous and I'm I'm super excited about where we are today here at the beginning of august
1: oh that's awesome so let's talk about uh infrastructure that you've changed around there i heard you mention pumps and and so forth like that um mm-hmm. what have you guys what have, what's been added in um to make all this habitat work possible
2: yeah so we are in process of repairing some really bad breaks and levees along the creek side of our property so we have a creek that divides right down the middle of the property that a lot of people would say that's a river i mean it's big it's a great big creek um the white river is on one of our borders and then the the cutoff creek is in the middle of the property so when the white river floods out the creek floods out as well and that's really where we get a lot of our flood water on our property both in our woods and in the open ground side and so we have been repairing some giant gaping holes one particular hole we've got a six foot pipe and when i say six foot that's like the diameter of the pipe so i i'm a short dude so i can stand in it and i don't hit my head right Mm -hmm. and so so that's uh it's you know it's like a 40 foot pipe but it's it's six foot you know in diameter and so that's how big of a pipe we need you know on that break in the levee and then they're there they haven't even actually got that completed yet they're working on that one and we've got a, a few smaller breaks and then we're also repairing some uh some some roads and access points on the open ground side of the property so it's going to enable us to to control our water a little bit better it's going to allow us to have a lot better access. When we want to go in and do things not just hunting but also in the off season when we're doing work because that's been a big limitation for us earlier in the year is we just can't get in there and so you know that's what that's really a very important step in, in what we've been doing uh, we've got two uh permitted pumps uh they're relift pumps on the white river that we have to have permitted from the corps of engineers and uh and so in a, in order to be able to access those pumps we can't even get to them sometimes and then we've got their their diesel fueled so we got to be able to get fuel out there to the pump so if they run out of fuel you got to to get fuel to them so this is going to ha- enable us to do that so that when we want to irrigate or when we want to flood in the winter time or whatever the case may be we have the access to be able to do that so that's been a major project that we are still in the middle of doing uh, but that'll all be completed here within the next month and then on the wood side that's a whole other deal we, we're working on some habitat over there uh in in the pine trees that we are we are kind of changing over what the habitat looks like what the land looks like but uh you you may want to lead into that part mark
1: into the habitat over by the trees
2: yeah I mean so you know that it's it's like we've got habitat and we've got um you know, buildings and all that. Yep. You know, in, yeah, yeah. In I had bu- I
1: had buildings and blinds coming up here. I will.
2: Yep. 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 So anyway, as far as as far as that infrastructure goes, that's really that's what we've been working out uh, working at over here on the open ground side of the property, and it's it's just a, it's a massive project. But we've got we've got two. Like I said, we've got two pumps on the river. We've got a couple of portable pumps that we can use to either drain portions of our property, or we can use it to flood portions of our property. And then we're also putting a well in over on the wood side of our property that we can also irrigate and then flood the new habitat we're creating over there. And it's it, so, just,
1: just from a Northern, a Northern guy here. It, it's, yeah. it's interesting to see the, the process go, right? Because you're putting, mm-hmm. Things in place that you can basically manage the water level, one, if it's too much water or two, mm-hmm. if there's not enough water to make it ideal yeah. acro- across all the different um, places that you're going to hunt and the habitat we've got across the property. It's so unique because it's so different than anything else, right? You've got this yeah. giant chunk of property and you're literally putting all these things in just to manage the water level across the whole part of it, which is, which is awesome because now it doesn't matter how much rain we get right doesn't matter how much how dry it is you'll be able to manage that right to where you need it
2: we we can irrigate or flood almost almost everything that we want to you know now we can't i mean we wouldn't necessarily be able to flood the entire you know 15 1600 acres you know by any means but we can flood all the duck holes that we want to pretty much i mean it's it's really a great situation uh but yeah i mean the the you know fixing the holes in the levee i mean that that's going to be game changer now we're not going to be able to i mean we would be spending like several million dollars on on excavation and, and levee repairs if we wanted to completely fix all of the levees i mean you're just not going to do that no you know not, but
1: not but, one time
2: yeah but but the 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 property the the main parts of the property where it's the lowest, where we've got a couple of really bad blowouts on the, on the levees. I mean, it's going to be game changer because this property hasn't seen that control ever, you know, since it's been, I mean, you know, it's just because it's just always had river water coming through here, you know, like crazy. And so what, what happens is it's not, it's not that we're necessarily trying to it, it, it's it's dual form like you say i mean we're controlling water when we want it but keeping water out when we don't to a degree i mean you know if we get a 34 34 35 foot river there ain't nothing you're going to do with that no nope. but but on a regular you know little high river you know we got 28 29 30 foot you know we can we can keep the majority of that water out to where we can do what we want to do and protect the habitat so that we don't get a you know a crazy summer flood that that doesn't do what we want it to do, and then, you know, on the on the wood side too, you know, we're 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 putting some of that, you know, in in process as well, so we can do what we want to over there. We, we're working on some access uh to get onto the woods, because right, you know, before we've just the access that you have is coming off the hill mm-hmm. with a ranger, and it's so muddy and so deep, uh, you know, there's a deep, you know, slough that runs through there that you you can't get into it, and so you'd have to access it with with the uh with a boat yeah. and and so now what we're doing is we're creating access points so we can drive onto the property where we want to and it's it's just you know it's something that that this property is really needed and that you know what i've been excited about really from day one when we decided to buy this property is it's a blank slate and yeah there's a lot of work but it's also just we can really make this what we want it to be and we're not inheriting somebody else's problem or bad decisions or or whatever and we can make it what we want it to be and what what the what the the waterfowl and the deer and everything that lives here needs for it to be and then our ability to access it and use it and and manage it the way we want to
1: from my upland slam in 2019 to the south america waterfall slam in 2022 anytime i'm headed on a wing shooting adventure i'm always picking up my benelli shotgun If you want to dominate the skies, shoot a Benelli. See their full line of Benelli shotguns online at BenelliUSA.com or drop into a retailer near you. WTA Tags is a full-service licensing program available to today's sportsmen. Bottom line, they help hunters draw the very best limited-entry big-game tags. They offer professional consultation on where to apply and then properly complete and submit your applications to the states tags has the easiest most reliable and most complete service to assist you in drawing that tag of a lifetime for a free tags consultation call 1-800-755-8247 or visit them online at worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash tags that's worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash t-a-g-s no matter where i'm hunting in the world i'm always wearing my mindle boots I guess you could say that I sort of live in my Mindle hunting boots. And right now at mindelusa.com, you can use promo code MPJOURNEY to get a free pair of socks when you order up a pair of boots. Again, that's promo code MPJOURNEY at mindelusa.com. Now back to the journey within. So I know along with the, hab- with, with the habitat work, um, you've been getting ready to prep for getting some blinds in that you mentioned the duck holes. Um, and then also, why don't you cover the buildings that we've got set to come in this year?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, you know, from a blind standpoint, I am, we've got, I guess we've got about eight or nine blinds so far. We're, we're trying to get about 20, between 20 and 25. That's a pretty, a pretty great hefty goal uh, with the amount of time we have. But but I, I know we're going to have probably close to 20 anyway. And uh, lots of different kinds of blinds. You know, I'm really excited that that every single blind is not going to look the same and it's not going to feel the same. Uh, And that's what's so neat about this property because we got a a diverse types of habitat here. And then we have we're going to have a lot of different kinds of blinds. So, uh, you know, we'll have some real low profile blinds. We'll have some some blinds that'll be in tree lines. We'll have a few blinds in the woods. We'll have some standing against a tree in the woods you know, it's just, it's really kind of neat. And so it won't be, it won't be boring. You know, if if you, if you come hunting with us more than one time, it's not like you're going to, you're only going to see the same thing, you know, every time you come, it'll be a lot of diversity. Uh, But the, as far as the, the, uh, the buildings, we are, we've been clearing out, there's a, we have a lot of, of uh, pine timber on the higher ground part of our property. We've got uh, a couple hundred acres of hardwood trees and then we have uh, several hundred acres of pine trees that are, are even higher and we uh they're they're at the age of this time to start harvesting. They're in they're in 30 to 33 years old and so they're great big giant telephone pole sized trees and so we decided that we're going to syst- systematically uh harvest them and then turn the, the ground that we've harvested back into habitat, whether it's for deer deer habitat, upland habitat, or waterfowl habitat, because it's just the land can, can be a lot of those kinds of things. And so we started out by harvesting 34 acres, and in that 34 acres is going to be, we're gonna put a little small, about a 12 or so acre lake, mm-hmm. and then this is where our lodge and our shop is gonna go and then also we're going to have a little bit of moist soil habitat kind of around the lake so that whole 30 something acre area is just going to be a very beautiful uh place for you know kind of our retreat uh where people can come and enjoy uh the the the, the lodge and the and the lake and and then there'll also be some some duck habitat right there and so that's what we're working on right now we've got the the timber is all cut and they're Hauling the last few loads of logs out of there, I think this week, and they've started removing stumps and started excavating out where the lake is going to go. And they're going to use some of that, the spoils from the lake, and putting it where the pad's going to go for the shop and the lodge. And so this year, the plan is that we are uh, going to build a 6,000 square foot shop, and then it's really going to be a barn dominium, is what that's going to be. And so Uh, There's going to be about 2,500 square feet uh, as part of that structure that we will temporarily use as lodging for our guests. And that will be, you know, really probably just utilize one, maybe two years uh, while we build the main lodge. The main lodge is is a big project. It's going to take a lot of time to get it done. And we wanted to get in as quickly as possible so we could start hunting uh, the land and being able to to take hunters out. And so we'll have accommodations for eight in that structure. Um, and so we'll be kind of a, operating at a limited basis this year. Uh, the plan that the, the contractor is telling me that we're going to be able to get it done by duck season. Our duck season starts right before Thanksgiving. And so they're they are pushing as hard as they can to get that completed because we've only got a few months. Yep, a couple <laughs> months left. Yeah. Um, But, you know, as long as we don't get killed by the weather, typically this time of year, it's this is a dry time of year, uh, usually from the 4th of July on till really in all the way through the end of October is pretty dry for us. And uh, it turns out great for the farmers. That way they get in and get the get the crops harvested. And and then this is when we can do our dirt work and things that we need to have done. And so we'll get we'll get a get a structure going here. Hopefully in the next several weeks we'll get we'll start erecting a structure and then get that get that done and then like I said once that building is completed then we'll be moving on to building the lodge next year and that'll be a a much larger probably about a nine thousand square foot lodge I've got a our, our architect is actually working on that right now as we speak I had a great meeting with them last week about what we wanted to do finish uh, to to finish out our our buildings on the property
1: and that uh the reason we're, we're obviously holding for anybody listening on the big lodge um we want this to be a a spec i would say i'm gonna sound like donald trump here we want it to be spectacular right like when we're <laughs> like when we're done with when we're done with this lodge we want it to be the the showcase lodge of arkansas um, yeah. so it's something we didn't, we, I mean, we went back and forth on, do we try to do it for this year and ultimately settled, which I think is the right, the right move. Don't do it right. Cause we got to get this, this dirt work done. Let that dirt settle before we, we rush anything on it and get everything done and, and just let that process play out. Um, we'll start up smaller with, uh, the barn to I guess you could say to, to get it rocking and rolling for this year. And and truthfully, that's long-term that's going to be better because that's where our guides and so forth are going to stay anyway. Um, right. I've seen a lot of, uh, at least if you're one of our guides, you'll be extremely comfortable versus us throwing you in, <laughs> throwing you in something else. So any of the guides yeah. listening, you're, you, you be excited because eventually that's going to be your building.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be nice. And, uh, it, it'll be, it'll be nice this year for, for our guests that will be hunting with us. And then once we build the lodge, that's going to be really nice. Yeah. And, and that's something to really look forward to.
1: No doubt. So explain, let's go now. We've kind of got to a point. Let's explain how you're going to run the hunts this year. Like what, okay. to, what to expect for, for guys that are booked or anybody that's looking for more information. Um, head to lost bridge duck club, reach out to Joel or any of the team at WTA. Um, if you're looking to get booked and so forth, where I have to admit, we don't have many spots left, if any, while, while this is airing. So if that may be something just yeah. as you have interest, get on, get on the list to get in when we, when we get the other lodge done and kind of, kind of bump up. But um, yeah, Joel, right. take us, take us through how you're going to, how you're going to handle the hunts going on this year.
2: Sure. So we have, um, we're, we're, we're taking no more than two groups a day. And so we have, we'll have accommodations for eight hunters. And so we will have two groups of four hunting each day. And we have, like I said, we have plenty of property um, on our owned property, and then we've also have some leased land as well. So we'll be offering morning duck hunts and then afternoon goose hunts. So the, so basically, the what we have everything is a, is a three day package is what is what we're offering this year. And so that what that looks like is a three day uh, three day hunt for three morning uh, duck hunts, and then one afternoon goose hunt. Uh, And that's going to be based on, you know, really the day that we feel like is the best day of the three that you're here uh, that we can pull off a a goose hunt, you know, based on weather and and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And so we'll be doing spec hunts in the afternoons and and morning duck hunts. And we, you know, we have a a wide variety of habitat and including timber. I I get a lot of guys ask, were you guys doing timber? Are you guys doing timber? We're doing timber. <laughs> and so, uh, well, well, you know. Just but, to uh,
1: interrupt you, you can't do Arkansas yeah. waterfall hunting if you don't have timber. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, you say that. There's, there's plenty of places in Arkansas that, to, to not do timber. That, and and I, I honestly, I enjoy doing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, and that's what's so great about what we have here is we have so much different types of habitat. And we have a couple of different types of timber as well because Timber is not just timber anywhere, you know. I mean, the 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 type of timber that we have in Arkansas is very unique. You know, you only find it a little bit in in Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, and 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 Missouri. And and there's really not much other timber that's like what we have in this region anywhere else in the country. And yeah, there you know, there's a lot of people that call what they have timber, but what I'm talking about is flooded oak trees, mm-hmm. okay? That's what we call green timber, and and it's bottomland hardwoods, and it's just not the same anywhere else. Now, there are other areas that have flooded willow trees, willow breaks, that sort of thing. There's areas that have cypress trees that are flooded. We have that as well, and that's a cool environment to hunt in, and we'll, we'll hunt in some of those places too. Uh, but it's not the same thing as hunting in oak trees. It's just it's just a different deal. Just, it is, and so so I'm excited that we actually do have. You know, we've got some buck brush areas. We have some timber areas. We have um, a tupelo break. We have some cypress trees. We have some uh, we have some creek area that is surrounded by trees all the way up and down it, and that gives you that same kind of timber hunting feeling. Uh, And so you've got a lot of diversity along with our open ground stuff. We've got some leased ground that is also in some agricultural areas. So really, you know, guys ask me, well, I want to look and I want to go do timber. I mean, it's like, I would say that of all the guys that I've talked with so far that are coming hunting with us, every single one of them says, I want to make sure that we're going to get to hunt timber. (laughs) And and I'm going to tell you what I tell, I'm going to tell it, just like I tell them, I can't guarantee you, that the days that you are here are going to be optimum for hunting in the timber we will do our level best to get every group into the timber if we can but almost what will happen is when you get here we're going to say here's where the ducks are and you're going to say i want to hunt the timber and then what i'm going to say is we can go in the timber and look at the sky (laughs) and maybe shoot a duck or we can go over here and shoot a limit. Which one do you want to do? Uh-huh. And, and and Because there will be days that that's what it is. It may be raining cloudy days or not optimum days to be hunting in the timber. You don't want to hunt the timber in those days. But if you're dead set on hunting the timber, we can talk about it. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, the idea is we want to go shoot ducks. And if you want to shoot a duck, then you want your best opportunity to shoot a duck. If it's in the timber this morning, then that's where we're going to go. If it's in the moist soil habitat then that's where I'm going to suggest we go or in a Tupelo break or in a ag field or whatever. We just want to go the best spot that we can put the most amount of birds in front of you. And it's not every day that it's in the timber. If anybody tells you it is, they're not telling you the truth, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. So are you, uh, for early teal season, um, you have anybody coming for early teal season this year?
2: we're not booking our early teal season um, just because I don't have boots on the ground mm-hmm. enough to know when they migrate, if they're migrating through this area and if there's a sizable enough population to, to, to make successful hunts. Uh, I fixed up four spots for, for, for early teal. In fact, I, I was out on the property this morning and believe it or not, I saw a small bunch of teal, which is crazy to me that it's August 1st and we're already seeing a first bunch of teal. Now I don't know if that means we've got an early group or if there's an early migration or it's just a fluke or whatever, whatever. But um, the guy that was with me says, is that teal? I can't believe it. It's teal. So, but yeah, we're, we're going to, I'm going to hunt and I'm going to, Mark, if you want to come down, we'll go hunting. I'm not going to guide anybody this year for teal. We're going to try it out and see how it goes and establish if it's something that we can do. That's what my plan is. I wanna make it to where we can take a few groups of guys and we only have like, you know, a uh, couple weeks of teal season in, in mid to late September. But uh we're gonna we're gonna try to do it, you know, after this year for sure. Well
1: it'll be cool to see if they if they come down or not. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So it's also uh anybody that's that's kinda of listening, um you can tell we're easing into it, right? Like we didn't go full force right off the bat. We did all the habitat work, all all that stuff, all the groundwork is there. Um, everything else, I mean, we we've set it up for um, hunter success. Is how I kind of look at it this year. I think we're going to hear Indeed. some positive stories of of the hunting that happens on the property and so forth. Um, one thing, Joe, I did not talk about um, the deer hunting that that's going to happen there. Are not very many spots. Um, and I'm excited yeah. once uh, once the trail cameras start popping off some uh, pictures of what we got rolling around down there because I know in in past years you don't think of Arkansas as a big deer area, but the area that we're in, um, there's some big free range deer there.
2: There's there's some big big deer. You know the uh, this whole part of the of the state, you know the ag. Area and the river bottom area of the eastern half of Arkansas has got some big, big deer. Uh, the The Hurricane Lake Management Area is a very large wildlife management area, state managed area that is just, you know, literally two miles on south of our our border property. Uh, there's that's a big expanse. I can't remember how many thousand, like fifteen thousand acres or something of woods. And so there's a lot of deer in there. Of course, there's lots of agricultural ground and then lots of strips of woods. There's a 3000 acre block of woods just to our east. And then of course, our, our land, there's just a lot of habitat for deer. There's a lot of big deer I've seen with my eyes, some big deer, uh, in February when the river started coming up, it started forcing a lot of deer onto our property that there's some high ground. And so, uh, it's are they're here are there a lots of them we're we're trying to do the census right now to see what we really have so i've got a bunch of trail cameras out i've still got probably another six cameras i'm going to put out here in the next week uh just to kind of get everything covered but we've got we've got mineral out for them and cameras up and some trails and that sort of thing and 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 so i'm really looking forward because it's this is the time to be seeing them i mean their antlers are in full force they're they've only got another you know, maybe month of growth left. And this is when they really put on their 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 final, you know, final uh, bones, you know, on their head. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we have. But I, I've got a buddy of mine hunts across the road from me. Uh he's he shot some great big deer on his, you know, you know, some 150s and 160s. I know that there's some neighbors around us in the last year or so have shot a couple over 170 um on their property that that literally touches ours so we know we've got some big big deer on in the area and as this habitat continues to grow because again on our open ground side we've got a lot of planted oak trees um over here that in the next five or six years they're going to be you know way way high 10 foot trees or whatever this is going to be a big buck factory over here mark
1: i can't wait uh can't wait for deer to start popping in there on the truck. I think we're going to have a couple good ones this year. Um, but yeah. then it's one of those things. Just as we continue along, each year is going to get better and better and better. Again, this is not going to be a high volume um, operation. It's just going to be a couple of year that we're going to take off of here. And I guess it kind of right. Joel, we don't want to give the whole the whole enchilada away here, but um, we should probably overview that we are doing uh, some memberships at the Duck Club too versus always just running um booked hunter groups in um i guess don't give the whole thing away but maybe just kind of glance on what we're doing there
2: yeah so we are going to be uh offering some um, you know membership here at the lost bridge duck club uh we've got a structure a multi-tiered structure that uh we're going to be rolling out here in the next couple of weeks so like i said we're not gonna kind of give away everything but I'll, i'll tell you right now there there has never been a duck club that offers the types of things that we will offer through being a member at the lost bridge duck club and 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 just just to kind of hint around what i'm talking about it's it's all because of our relationship with worldwide trophy adventure wta uh that we're being able to do some of the things that we're going to be able to do as part of the membership here and so um, maybe we should just kind of leave it at that and say stay tuned yep. uh, for more information there will be uh, some stuff on uh, our Lost Bridge Duck Club website and that'll be lostbridgeduckclub.com and and if you're interested in booking a hunt this year or next year or whatever um, there will be there's information there where you can see that and that will take you once you decide you want to book then that will connect you with either myself or one of the consultants from WTA. Cause all of our bookings are going through WTA for the Lost Bridge Duck Club.
1: No. And that'll, and I know some people that haven't used WTA before, maybe, maybe look, and I think you'll be shocked once you see the process of how we organize everything through WTA for our clients, especially on, on operations like this to where, um, I mean, we kind of control, control everything with Joel there and, and making sure you'll have all the detailed information, everything before you get there, that there won't be any questions. Yeah. And, Joel, I guess a couple other things here. Just you want to go over the 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 shotgun options and, and ammo yeah. options for guys coming into camp this year and, and moving forward yeah. too?
2: absolutely. So uh, we are – going to be offering uh we we have a relationship with Benelli uh the shotgun and we will have available for you if you don't want to bring your own shotgun or if you just would like to shoot a Benelli shotgun we're going to have some Benelli's available for you to borrow while you're here hunting with us we'll have some a few different options on models as well as gauges I will have some 20 gauges as well as 12 gauges and I'm crossing my fingers that we can pull off um, a few 28 gauges as well. And, uh, you know, some, some people are like, what do you mean 28 gauges? Why, why are you shooting a 28 gauge at a duck? You just need to go uh, look at my Surviving Duck Season uh, YouTube channel, and we talk a lot more about that there. But uh, I'm I'm really excited about being able to offer uh, the Benelli shotguns, and, and again, if we can get the 28 gauges, they're they're hard to get, so we're waiting to find out if they can de- can deliver those for us. But uh, that's a, a great perk to be able to have. I know a lot of guys have issues with not liking to fly with their shotguns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a pain to to go through a lot of that. And if if you knew that there was your brand of gun or you just didn't you know I like I like to shoot a Benelli. I may not have one or whatever the case may be but uh, we'll have those we're also going to be uh outfitting those guns with Muller choke tubes and uh, which is which is my favorite choke tube brand there to me they they're the best I did a lot of research on on choke tubes in the last couple of years and so I'm excited about that and then also for all of our hunters that are coming with us this year we're providing Boss shot shells so you don't need to bring your own. You don't need to ship them ahead. You don't need to worry about any of that unless you just would prefer to shoot something else. And that's obviously uh, that's fine for you to do that. If you'd rather shoot steel shot or if you'd rather shoot a different brand, if you'd rather shoot TSS, man, that is that is okay. But if otherwise we uh, have boss shot shells available for you to shoot at no additional charge, so that's pretty
1: cool. That is pretty cool. I think, uh, and I think hunters will quickly, if they haven't shot boss before, um, after doing it there, I think they'll quickly, uh, take a look at the boss brand, if you know what I mean. Game changer. Yep. It really is. Yep. And that's the reason that we're kind of, uh, really pushing those for our hunters, right? Obviously we want as, as much hunter success in the field as we can. And, and I think boss is going to help us get there along the way. Right on. So Joel, what else didn't I? What else didn't I bring up? That I mean, you've been boots on the ground down there um, every day here, getting ready for the season that's coming, and it seems like it's coming pretty quick now that we're into into August. What what I miss?
2: Man, I mean, we well, we covered a lot. I mean, you know, we talked about habitat, we talked about new lodges and all of that. I, one thing I didn't say, I didn't really go into detail. I'll, I'll quickly go over this. We we have harvested additional to the to the trees that we harvested where the lodge is we've also harvested an additional mm, probably 25 to 30 acres in uh, that's around some already established hardwood areas that were low ground that and so what we did is we just we've made larger an area around those uh those hardwoods and so what my intent is is to go back in there and turn that back into more hardwood trees and and so fortunately there was some hardwood trees in there that were growing that the that the guys that were cutting the pines were able to kind of cut around and not kill them when they when they got the pines out which i I asked them man i know it's kind of hard to do that with all that machinery but they they were able to successfully do that so it's pretty cool uh we've got like i said we got about 30 acres in in three spots so it's about eight to 12 acres in three different places um, that we've got new habitat that we've already started the process of kind of turning that back into some hardwoods and, and over the next, you know, several years, I mean, hardwoods take a long time to grow. So it's not yep. like, uh, you know, you're going to be able to hunt them in a couple of years, but we will still hunt it. Uh, there's a lot of, of already, you know, 10, 15 year old trees in there. And then some of that will actually just will be moist soil habitat. they will be, you know, three or four acres in the middle that may be more soil habitat. So we'll immediately be able to hunt it uh, as as, as soon as we get that habitat developed in the next several months. So that's kind of our scale of what we're going to be doing as we move forward. You know, maybe 40 or 50 acres a year, we'll be cutting, doing that sort of thing with them, make some more soil habitat, put some plants, some oak trees back in there. And just really, we're just kind of trading the money that we make off of selling the timber and then turning it right back into habitat so that's pretty cool
1: that's awesome actually yeah no well i'm looking forward to it i mean it's only a couple months away hopefully that building um goes up as planned and and i tell you what we should probably try um after the teal season let's plan on hopping on again just to give an update because by that time building should be pretty pretty well along um yeah. and we'll also be able to talk about how many teal were there during teal season. And you know what, we'll also have some deer tra- deer, deer cam pictures to talk about too. Um Absolutely. Probably won't show any of them, but we can at least talk <laughs> about them. If you know what I That's mean? Right. We can't we can't be showing too many of the too many of the big deer we kind of um do that at all of our all of our operations that we have at WTA um don't like to show pictures, uh, beforehand. Don't want, don't want any neighbors or anything like that, to to get too excited and, and also know what we got going around, but just know we've got big deer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'd be absolutely up for doing, doing something toward the end of, uh, September. We'll talk about updates on what we got going on. It, you know, really very excited about the habitat. I mean, it's, it's so much better than i than i you know thought we would be able to accomplish this year and, and it's really all because we've had such fantastic rainfall and that's something you can't plan for no I mean, you can irrigate all you want to irrigate but there's there's no substitute for the natural rain that god gives us i mean you just can't you don't you don't replicate that with irrigation
1: no no it's just one of those and, so, and it's crazy because up here in michigan this year we've had uh, dry summer where normally we get a bunch of rain in the spring and and summer, and we were pretty dry in the spring and summer here.
2: Yeah.
1: But each year is different. Well, the
2: wintering wintering crowns are looking good here in Arkansas, Mark.
1: That's what I like to hear, Joel. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.